Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father over the next 30 days. In this month of September, what are you doing to step forward into the assignment that God is preparing you for? Do not let bitternesses of the past keep you tied to those things in a box where you feel like you have no options. My friends, God has put His life within you, and He has put the power to make proper decisions in your control. So let's step forward. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father in the month of September. Love you all. Take a listen, share with others, subscribe to Tent Talk, and let's get the message out, because now is the time, my friends. All right, here we are. We are opening up the last five episodes of Ring the Bell. I am ringing the bell in real-time engagement, full engagement obedience with the Father here on Tent Talk Podcast. So I know that you can hear some background noise. It's the sound of the waves. It's the flagpole ropes that are beating against the flagpole because there is a good breeze out here this morning. But I'm right here on the coast in Moorhead City, North Carolina. And we are about to fly home today back into Texas after a really strong and rich time here with Pastors Nelson and Vicki Hopkins here at Impact Church in Moorhead City. So it's been really, really strong. And uh, I'm really glad to be in real-time engagement with the Father myself. Right? How many of you know we're not here to encourage others to do things that we ourselves are not doing? And it is my full honor and privilege to be in real-time engagement with the Father and with His people and learning, learning every day what it means to move forward with Him. So in our last time together, I talked about how it's very important to understand that on the other side of forgiveness, true biblical forgiveness, because you have unhooked from Uh, the whole human race as your source, and you have turned and you have made the Father your full source, now you will learn directly from Him, from Jesus and from Holy Spirit, how they live, how they think, how they love, how they walk with people, right? They have a way of life, the way of the cross. Many people only think of the cross as the death side of it, that which is towards the old, And that is very important because many people bypass that. And therefore, they're really just trying to live out of the good side of flesh and they don't even realize that's what they're doing. Because unfortunately, many times that's all we've told people that there is. But life is what God has come to bring to us, right? Didn't Jesus say, I've come to bring life to you, life more abundantly? Meaning a completely different source of life, true life. And it's their way of life. And to learn that, my friends, is the true provoking process of real discipleship, is I'm going to live like my Father. I am going to love like Him. Therefore, He is the full source of that. He provides all of that. Because if we look at Jesus, that's how He lived. That's how He lived as a man, as a person. 
And so we want to make sure that if we're going to live in the circulation of life, where it's really flowing and it's real life from them as the source, the circulation of real communication, how we talk and move, how we have conversations, how we address things, uh, that we don't go back into um, old fleshly patterns of manipulation and silence where we don't even know how to talk. You know, this is what it says in Hebrews 5.13, those who are on milk, they don't even know how to talk yet, right? But my friends, surely we are those who are moving from milk to meat. We are learning the ways of our Father by sitting at His table, letting Him teach us. We're no longer living under the horrible oppression of thinking somehow, I should know all this. Right? And just trying to figure it out on our own. No. If we're going to be those that move into our real assignments with Him in this hour of history to face pressures, to face difficult situations, we're not running, we're not escaping, we're not avoiding. We are abiding like Jesus did. We are learning obedience through the things we're willing to endure. We are learners. This is a part of being true disciples. Now, what are we learning and who are we learning it from? We are learning his ways from him directly. We want to be those who can truly move into wide open places of influence, wide open places of being able to move freely about because we've come to understand how to actually live and have our movement and our being in him. These cannot just be slogans or scriptures that we've learned to quote, but we have no understanding of what they are. And one of the greatest ways that we can have our movement in him is to be able to uh, speak, right? Babies, it says, Hebrews 5.13, because they're on milk, they're unskilled in the doctrines of righteousness, they are inexperienced in this, right, because they're babes. But my friends, we're not babes anymore. And it says that because they are continuously on the milk, they are like infants that don't even know how to talk yet. So if we're going to live in the circulation of life, the real circulation of communication, and know how to really communicate and live like Jesus did, uh, and we are, then we have to get off the milk and we have to realize, wow, we need to get up to the table of the Father. There is food that he will feed us that will nourish us, instruct us, correct us, uh, rightly divide us, and that he will feed us the meat of the word. And those who are on the meat are those who are by practice, by practice, not performance, but by practice, are having their mental faculties and their senses trained. Now, if you've ever done any work with me on the development project or in arrested development versus abiding development, you know that we all had our mental faculties and our senses trained by something other than Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. And therefore, there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen. Therefore, so that new and fresh learning can take place so that we can really be living and moving and habitually walking in the Spirit. 
This isn't something that we can do occasionally. We've got to be able to zig and zag, right? We've got to live not by formula, but we need to know when to go to the left, to the right, go forward, when it's time to sit, stand, walk. And and many times, even when I talk like this, people will tell me, Nancy, I just get overwhelmed. I'm like, I know. Because we cannot grasp all of this at once. We certainly cannot perform it. We have to learn it. Right? Just as sure as you went to school growing up, my friends, you need to enter the school of Christ. Because we're in real-time engagement. School never closes. School never shuts down. You're never going to arrive at a plateau and, and, and finally have it all together. That's not the goal. The goal is to move with Him, to know Him, to learn directly from Him. Because this is how Jesus lived. And, you know, we can never understand Jesus' joy and peace, his, his command of every situation, his teachings or miracles, apart from the fact that Jesus himself, the entire canvas upon which everything that Jesus said and did is painted on, which is that Jesus lived in the knowledge that he was loved. He was loved by the Father. Therefore, the Father provided everything for him. Now, this has to be learned. Don't, don't try to um, you know, make this something that it's not. If you'll enter in for yourself, you will learn, you're learning each and every day. But we must live in the knowledge that we are loved as much as Jesus. Jesus rose in the morning to that love. He went through the day in the confidence of that love. He went to sleep knowing that he and all of his future We're in the Father's hands. Do you know this? Do you know the love that God has for you? Are you learning of this love experientially day in and day out? Now, because Jesus truly knew, not intellectually, but experientially, the love of his Father day in and day out, Jesus then was able to love people as people were always intended to be loved, out of an inner fullness. Jesus did not love others out of a need to evoke love from them. Now, I'm reading some of this, my friends, from the very little tiny book, Toxic Love. If you don't have it, send me an email, nancy at nancymccrady.com, and I will send you a PDF of this book at no charge to you. It will be my gift to you. Nancy McCready Ministries will make it available. I will send you the PDF of this book. It is very little. It takes about an hour to read and a lifetime to learn. (laughs) But I want you to have it. But I'm reading to you out of this because it is so very powerful. And when others have said it so well, there's no reason for me (laughs) to try to reinvent all of that. I try to share it as many ways as I can. But my friends, we're in real-time engagement with the Father. That's what Jesus was in. And he allowed the Father to have all the time necessary to mature him, to grow him. Jesus was not on automatic pilot. Jesus made decisions daily that kept him abiding in the Father. So that Jesus then, when it came time in interacting with people and having conversations and executing his assignment in, the, you know, in, in everyday life, Jesus knew the love of the Father, and he loved the Father as his source. 
Therefore, he was not needing something from people. Therefore, he was free to speak truth to people. See, if you're trying to manage people, right, because they've got your stuff, they have your security, they have your money, they have your blessings, they have your future, you think your destiny lies in the leadership that you're engaged with in your spouse, Listen to me carefully. You're going to be managing those people because they've got your stuff. Don't don't think that's Christian love. The real love of God, living in biblical love, the God kind of love, is not a love that is compulsive or driven. It's not a love born out of need. It 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 has its origins in God. And God freely chose to love us, my friends. He did not need us to complete something lacking in himself. So therefore, when you receive the love of God, it does not express itself in neediness. Right? It's the love of God, and it fills and floods whomever it gets in and transforms. And then it begins to live and express itself in particular ways. And listen to me carefully. You cannot imitate the love of God just by reading 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, love is patient. Okay, okay. so now let me try to be patient, my friends. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Patience is within the very nature of Christ himself. And it is a patience that is not born of human efforts, human endeavors. It flows from an abiding source. And he will teach you what he means by real patience. But this love of God, the love that is God himself, is not going to um, feign or pretend. It doesn't manage people. It lives freely and is able to speak truth and be able to have conversation that's based on truth. So you see, Jesus responded to his father's love by listening to the father's voice, and he gave obedience to the direction that the father gave. He taught the people, healed the sick, because of the love of the father. You see, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with God's kind of compassion. But in living out that compassion and that love, he followed his father's lead rather than following the multitude of people who mobbed him, each demanding that he meet their needs first. He was first committed to obeying the Father, and the people who clamored for his attention took second place. So very, very powerful. You see, my friends, then if you're going to live like Jesus, then you're going to live first by following the Father, receiving from the Father, That's the way of the cross. This is their way of life. The cross does not cause you to be subservient to people. You have to answer their every whim, their every cry, their every phone call, their every text, their every email, their every... In their timing. No, you follow the lead of the Father and how He is teaching you. And one of the things that I share with people in my school is that we learn how to identify with what the Father is doing in the lives of people, not what we think they need. I'm identified with Him. I mean, Jesus lived this way. Because am I about my Father's business, or am I 
here trying to give out everything I have, exhausting myself to people, because I think that's the Christian thing to do. My friends, that's not the real-time engagement we're going to be in with the Father. That's the kind of stuff that burns you out, makes you bitter. And finally, by the time the Father is ready to do something, you're like, forget it. I'm not interested. This is crazy. I'm not doing this. You know, and you start uh, putting boundaries around, quote, ministry out of your own work ethic and out of your own, you know, sense of boundaries. My friends, we walk with the Father. And the Father tells us our ebb and flow and what to do and how to do it and then gives us the power to live it out His way. He's not going to give you power. That's why many of you get burnt out, broke down, busted and bankrupt, as the preachers would say. Right? It's because you've been giving out according to some Christian do-gooder what you thought it was meant to be. But that's not how Jesus lived. That's not his circulation of life. That's not his circulation of communication. Right? That's not how he lived in wide open places. Wide open places come through the narrow way. And the narrow way is, Father, it will be your way. And when he brings us through that which crushes the self-life and the goodness of man and, and the needs of people driving everything you do, you come through the narrow way of that. Let me tell you, that's a personal deliverance every one of us needs. We are delivered from ourselves and from others and delivered unto him. So Jesus did not go about trying to fretfully meet everybody's needs so that they would love him and affirm him as their savior. He knew he was infinitely loved by his father. And so must you know this. Therefore, he did not come to the multitudes who were pressing him on every side. He didn't come to them to meet their needs out of a compulsion within himself. Rather, he comes to them having listened to the Father, knowing what his Father wants for the people, because they've had conversations, they've had real-life conversations, real-time engagement, and therefore he would love them as the Father showed him what to do. So it may be shocking to some of you, but Jesus did not go through life compulsively needing the love and acceptance of every human being that he met. He didn't need their applause, therefore he didn't faint under their criticism or their accusation or their lying about him. You see, he could never have told them the truth if he needed something from them. Do you understand? You'll never tell people the truth and live in the truth yourself if you need people to love you and to approve of you and to affirm you and to keep you around. No. You see, Jesus, the perfect man, he only had a few people that he would really put into the category of his human friends. There was John and Peter and James, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Hmm? This was who Jesus spent time with. And when he spent time with them, there was, you know, a closeness that they had. But then maybe you remember how Jesus lived amongst his friends. <laughs> Sometimes I tell people, are you sure you want to be a friend of Jesus? 
Have you seen how Jesus lived with his friends? Because, yes, he relaxed with them at their homes. He walked with them daily. They were together. But all of his loyalties lied with the Father first, which made him the best friend they would ever have. If our loyalties would be to the Father in the, in the strongest, purest, richest way, my friends, then you could probably be one of the best friends any person could ever have. I want to be that kind of friend to people, but that can only happen if I'm one with the Father and if I decide to live like them and be willing to let them put limitations on how I live, right? Sometimes we act like, oh, there are no limits with God. Oh, yes, there are. Jesus lived in the limitations of the Father, the narrow way, and that's why he was able to save the entire world. He lived according to the Father. So he said, I only do what the Father's doing. I only say what the Father's saying. Those were the limitations. And then he saved the entire world. But what we do oftentimes is we try to please every person, do what we think we're supposed to do, do what people expect of us, and we have very, very little fruit to prove. Very little fruit to show. And we become discouraged. And we're dispirited. We are despondent. We despair. We are discouraged. We give up. My friends, if you live in the narrow way, the very powerful way of the cross, their way of life, which I'm going to share with you in the remaining four episodes, because I want you to be in real-time engagement with the Father. I want to give you at least enough food for thought that you will be able to discern and to understand their way of life is the only way that's going to produce fruit for their glory. For their namesake. You see, my friends, what they've poured into us is their gift to us. Their very life. Their very selves. That we could be one with them. But now, will we live now saying, Father, what is it that you would have need of? What is it that you would want and desire? Now let me live in such a way that I would be able to pour that back on you out of a glad-heartedness. This is a word that keeps coming to me. For the sons is a glad-heartedness between us and the Father, just like Jesus had. You see, this is, many times, is anathema to the church. But, my friends, we will be glad-hearted sons, living in the fullness of his life. Don't try to create your own life, my friends. Let the life that they've put within you, let it flourish and let it flow in real-time engagement with the Father. I'm ringing the bell here at Tent Talk Podcast, and I pray you'll stay with me over these next four episodes. And I am trusting God that He is bringing forth understanding to you. He's even quickening in you a discernment that you're able to discern maybe some of the next steps you're able to take in your life. Connect with me. Connect with those whom you begin to discern that God has put in your life for such a time. Whether that's me or not. I'm saying that we we need to connect with him at deeper levels. Uh, Connect with each other in proper ways. Because, my friends, we're in real-time engagement with him. Oneness with him. Moving with him. We don't have to see everything that's, that's ahead, just enough to take those next steps. 
And so this is why he told me to focus for these 30 days within September on getting into real-time engagement with him. But how many of you know it's going to go far beyond September? This was just a time to get focused. Because there is much about to happen, my friends. In the months of October and November, I have a strong sense. Oh, we need right now. Take hold of what he's doing in you right now. That's preparing you. That is building your spiritual muscles within and flowing into the soul and body. So that the whole person begins to move with him in your everyday life. Hmm? I don't want you to shrink back. I don't want you to stand in your own goodness and think you'll be able to handle it. I certainly don't want you to stand alone and not bear fruit. I want you to be a producer in these hours of history that we're in, these days that are coming. I want you to be on the forefront of the movement of God, that we can move with Him in His way of life. So I believe that's enough for today. I pray that it's encouraging you. It doesn't bother me to be repetitive and to say these things again and again, my friends. Because as Paul said in Philippians 3.1, it's for our safety. That means there's danger when we don't hear truth again and again and let it go deep inside of us. So I love you all. I'm glad we're in this together. And let's continue to move with him in real-time engagement. Love you all. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.